This episode is a talk taken from Love Inbound 2019. If you want to register for Love Inbound 2020, head to loveinboundevent.com. talk to you about fueling growth with display advertising. Um, so obviously display advertising doesn't really fit in with Love Inbound, completely different. Um, but when you think about it, and the reason why I'm here today is that if you um, run with display advertising while you're implementing your inbound marketing efforts, it can really pay off um, sometimes faster. Or even if you look at the long term, those two um, strategies together can bring really great results. Um, So there we have it, the reason why I'm here. And what I'll mainly be speaking to you about today is what trends are we seeing in the industry? What are current challenges that marketers are facing? And um, I will leave you with a couple of tips of how you can overcome these challenges, how you should be thinking about display, about your business, your marketing activities. Um, And at the end, I'll also give you very practical tips. Um, So if you're running already display campaigns or you're thinking about getting started, you might walk away with a couple of things that you can implement straight away. Um, I work for Adra, as was mentioned before, I'm based in Dublin, Um, so I will be referencing Adra a couple of times in the presentation, but I promise to keep it very light, it's not a sales pitch, Um, so I'll just, uh, you know, obviously if you question afterwards, just come and find me or come find my colleague Eleanor, who's down here and with me here today, Um, and then, you know, we'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Um, Right. To kick things off, just a few, um, just fa- few facts about myself. So I um, currently head up the um, small business account management team that we have at Adril. So I would work, or my team would work with a lot of smaller brands, smaller agencies across Europe, and just really trying um, to help them grow their business with display advertising. Um, and prior to that, I was managing global operations for our um, self-service customer team. Um, for our customer cohort and fun fact I am not Irish I'm not British I'm actually from Germany originally so this is my first time in Manchester and yeah I'm really excited to be here in this area it's another um, item ticked off my bucket list. A few words about Adril who actually here has heard of Adril? A few people back there okay and of those people I'm not going to ask you to do it but would you be actually able to say what Adril does? Not so much, so I will go back to our marketing team and basically tell them that our message is not landing with the market. Um, but essentially, Adria was founded in 2007, and since then, we've really tried to help smaller brands and companies out there grow um, their business with display advertising across the web, social. We've thrown in a little bit of email. Um, and you know, if you look at what we've achieved so far, we are now working with more than 30 37,000 customers, and we've helped these customers generate um, 200 billion pounds in, in sales annually. Um, so if you were to look at, you know, in one sentence what we do, for us it's really about performance. So if you're running um, online display advertising, um, is that delivering performance? So are you maximizing your data, getting the most of that to attract new people to your website? to ultimately convert them into shoppers, to make sure that these shoppers repeatedly buy from you. And the most important thing is at the end of the day, are we able to provide you with really relevant insights so that you can attribute the value over time, so that you understand what is working and what is not working. So to kick things off, um, I would actually like to take a step back and highlight a shift in the industry 
that has happened a little over a decade ago. And I think it is actually quite obvious to hear uh, to everybody here in the room, but it is so important that you think about it as you look towards growing your business this year. So if you take a step back, about a year ago, uh, sorry, a decade ago, um, the world looking back, we actually would see that it was quite simple. There weren't really a lot of ways to find new customers. So typically, you would find that um, a potential you know, new buyer would see an ad on the TV, and then maybe they would open a magazine or newspapers, they would see an ad there. Maybe they would go online, they would do a little bit of research and just end up buying something. So it was really, really simple. But when you look at the world today, fast forward, the world has changed quite a lot. And so today, think about all the devices that are out there and that people are using. Think about all the platforms that, that exist. Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, anything. Um, think about how Amazon has actually changed the way that we buy today, and how online shopping now is just the, the new, you know, it's the standard. Think about how online and offline today are much more connected than they were a little over a decade ago. And so when you think about how this industry has changed, how consumer behavior has changed, what it means is kind of similar to what we heard before, you, you're starting to see growth loops. So it's no longer just the funnel that you have, but you know, people buy something, they become consumers, you need to delight them, they come, they come back and so on. So that really holds true. And in fact, when you think about the platforms yet that you need to be present on today, it takes on average 56 touch points for somebody to hear about your brand for the first time to then end up converting. So it's really, really complex and a lot of um, inter, you know, interdependencies between the different channels that you're using. Does that resonate with you guys when you think about your own behavior, the challenges that you're seeing in your business? See some heads nodding? Great. So the question then remains, as a business, as a marketer, how do you actually win in this environment? So taking a step back, because of what, you know, the world that we live in today, what does it look like? Well, I think we're probably presented with four different problems. The first one is because you're engaging with your customers on different profiles and platforms, your data is disconnected because Facebook will, you, will give you some insights and then you get something from Google, but maybe you're doing a little bit of email on the side and you're using HubSpot for something else. So all of a sudden you end up with getting reports and insights from a lot of different sources. But when you try and bring these together, what you end up with is kind of a partial customer view because your systems aren't talking to you. So you're always gonna be missing something in in your, in your data, trying to understand who is actually a high potential buyer, um, are they, you know, what is the demographics, what is the behavior, what do they enjoy, and so on. You'll always miss something. And when you then think about your marketing strategies, you can't really personalize them because you're missing insights. So you have to put a lot of effort into actually getting the most out of the different channels. So a lot of work and time and effort goes into making your campaigns work together. Um, so we would call this you know, a lot of manual orchestration happening in the back end. But the gold standard, what you actually want to get to is something like this. Your data is talking, is you know, everything you know is being enriched, it's collected. Because of that, you have a really strong idea of who your customer is. You have that unified understanding of the customer. 
which means you can personalize your display campaigns along the customer journey. You know, if somebody hasn't heard of your brand before, you can understand, do they maybe from the start need to get a discount code from you? Or do they just need a little bit of education to be moved to the next stage? If somebody didn't do a purchase, is this somebody who would actually go to buy something really expensive? Where can you find that person? Maybe you want to, you want to show this person now a discount code. And finally, if you think about that, you want to be able that the systems and processes that you're using, that they're doing the heavy lifting for you. So you need to find really good technology that works for you so that with less effort, less money and so on, you're actually getting better results. How many of you would actually say this is what you have today? Wow. So it is a big problem for you guys. You are facing actually the different challenges that I mentioned. Yeah, going back to that American culture, where's the enthusiasm? Um, yeah, it definitely resonates um, with, with, with customers um, that I would be speaking to, my team would be speaking to. Um, it is, it's really difficult today. And honestly, even Agile's marketing team has not figured this out. It is a challenge. So when you think about all of that, to succeed in the environment, as you make your marketing work together, you have to start to think about the different platforms, the profiles, the, the, um, the platforms, the systems that you might be using, and you have to ensure that you tell a seamless story. So regardless of where your customer is, in which part of the journey, in which, you know, whether they're on Instagram or Facebook, are you showing them the right and the, the same message? are using the same creative, for instance? Is it a seamless experience? And a brand that would be doing this extremely well is Boomf. They're based in the UK. I don't know if anybody has heard of them. Um, it's basically you can send um, personalized marshmallows as a gift to friends. It's quite cool, actually. Um, and they would do this incredibly well. And brands like Boomf, smaller brands that you know, do this very well, they would actually see higher conversion rates, higher purchase value and more repeat business. So it does pay off. But again, as a small business or a small marketing team, it can be incredibly challenging because you just can't compete with the big brands out there that have massive budgets, that have massive people doing maybe some of the work manually putting the data together. And so when you think about how you're running your campaigns, how um, everything is working together, the next step is, are you measuring the right thing? Are you getting smart? Because ultimately, as you invest in more channels, you have to make sure that you're assigning credit where credit is due. So it doesn't mean because um, somebody clicked on an ad or a channel had the last touch point, doesn't mean that they were the only one who actually had an influence on whether this conversion happened or not. Um, is that really the channel that is driving sales for you ultimately? Or is it just a, a nice to have and it's just doing a little bit of the work? Secondly, are you focusing on the entire customer journey? Are you getting insights into every single stage? Because ultimately, things you're doing at the beginning um, are going to have an impact also on what happens later. So if you think about a football game, um, the striker who scores the goal, obviously that person deserves some credit. But what about the goalie? What about what happened in, you know, before in defense? I'm not really into football, so I'm missing a few words here. But you get what I mean. You essentially have 11 people on the pitch. They're all working together. And it's the exact same thing with your marketing 
campaigns and your marketing activities. And you have to think about that. And what that means, if, if you look at the first two things here, if you're, if you're making sure you're investing in channels that are actually helping your business grow, that are actually delivering sales, not just a great CPC or not just a great CPA, it means you have to start and evolve your attribution model. And that is something that takes so much time and effort. And again, I don't think a lot of people have actually figured this one out. Big brands, again, would spend tens of thousands of money um, on this every single month. And they would work with you know, a lot of vendors that have specialized in this. But what about the smaller brands? What about the smaller agencies and teams and so on? And I think here it's important that as marketers, we continuously challenge ourselves and just take incremental steps towards making our measurement systems smarter and smarter. So one thing I do want to highlight is that you really, as marketers, all of us actually, we should stop focusing on clicks. So if you look at the average um, click-through rate, which you could think is the likelihood of somebody clicking on an ad, it's about, in display, it's about 0.2% on average. Think about this one. The average, the likelihood of getting struck by lightning is 0.3%. So for me, that raises the question, why are we trying to optimize campaigns or why are we evaluating campaigns when the percentages show that we're optimizing towards events that are so unlikely that they're going to happen? So how can we say that I had a great campaign, it was really successful, I had you know, so many clicks? It doesn't matter at the end of the day because you started to optimize for just a part of your customers. Only 8% of people click on ads. When's the last time you clicked on an ad? Do you remember? Nope. I certainly don't click on ads. And that's actually true for most people today. In display, it's not about clicking on ads. And if you're not yet convinced, I have another one for you. You're 40 times more likely to have twins than to click on an ad. <laughs> so really, you need to you know, take your teams away from this approach. There's a lot of educational work that has to happen, but it is so beneficial because it means you'll stop investing in channels that ultimately are not bringing sales to your business, um, that ultimately you're just focusing on one metric, on one campaign budget, but you're not pulling yourself out and you're not having a you know, big picture view. So as a marketer, what you actually want to do is you want to uncover the key conversion paths. So you want to understand across the customer journey, how are the different campaigns that you're running on web or in social, how are they all working together? Um, and so this is, for instance, a screenshot from AdRoad's attribution dashboard that we launched um, almost a year ago now. And it's definitely not the holy grail. It's not wonderful as, you know, as a standalone attribution uh, a, a tool to, to attribute correctly. But what we've tried to do is empower customers to look beyond data that might show up in Google Analytics, look beyond click data. So we're actually trying to surface um, data around view-through conversions or when people viewed an ad, what happened afterwards. So we're trying to highlight more of the, you know, the flows, the, the, the journey that a customer might take and how they're influenced by different channels. So that ultimately at the end, you understand what is actually driving value. How is everything working together? So I think in the end, if you were to sum it up, um, what a marketer today, what makes you and your team successful is, is essentially two things. 
Think about all of the data that you're sitting on. First party data, um, data you're collecting on, on your website, CRM lists and so on. Any insights that you have. And think about the technology that we have at our dis disposal today. Artificial intelligence, um, you know, all the different algorithms that Facebook would, that would power Facebook, Google, they power Agile, obviously. Um, if you bring all of that together, if you make the most of your data, you end up with incredible power and you can really uh, develop a competitive advantage. Um, so what that means, if, if you break it down, think about, do you have a single customer view? Are you enriching everything that you know? Are you bringing it all together? When you have that, are you then, are you working with partners, with, with partners that have growth technology that can really actually fuel growth for you intelligently? Are they making the maximum, um, are they taking full advantage of your budgets? So are they optimizing all of your display strategies together to maximize success? And you stop looking at you know, different silos. You stop looking at just your Facebook or just your, your web display and, what, and, and so on. You, just, you bring it all together. And this is actually one thing I would personally say um, Agile would be quite good at. Again, not here to, tell, to, to give you a pitch, but I think just personally, it excites me quite a lot. Um, to see that the strides we're making in, in any tech company, actually, the investment that we're doing is paying off and is really helping customers, especially smaller brands out there, is helping them get um, to where bigger brands would usually only be able to go to. That was a very um, high-level overview. We're not going to solve this overnight. You're not going to solve this this year. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of education. So um, I'd like to leave you with um, four tips, so to speak. If you're running already display campaigns, what should you be doing? I hope a lot of you are actually doing this already. That would be brilliant. Um, but if not, then maybe there are a few things here that you can um, start implementing next week or next month. So the first one is, if you think about, um, about going back to the maybe slightly outdated funnel, but if you go back to that, think about how you're driving new potential customers to your site and think about how you're doing that. Are you just running on web? You need to start thinking about social. The two channels these days go hand in hand together. Think about the different ad sizes and ad types you might be using. Are you using native ads? Are you using video ads? Are you using just static ads? Then I would urge you think beyond that. Think about all the different ad placements and the different inventory that exists today. As you bring people to your site for the first time, you want to move them through the funnel. You want to make sure that they convert. So strategies that work really well there would be web and social. But start throwing in a bit of um, email and also look at your CRM. Are there, any, um, are there any people you could start to bring into your display campaigns? People that you met at an event, maybe. You have a great CRM. You have a great list um, of, of you know, email addresses, whatnot, customer data. Can that also start to um, power your display campaigns? Can you re-engage with these people to ultimately bring them to sign up for something on your website or to buy something? And one thing you would want to throw in here is dynamic ads and carousel ads. Is everybody familiar with these? Yeah? Great. So they're really powerful on Facebook, for instance, on Instagram, deliver incredible, you know, really strong results. And they would be quite easy to, to set up. 
And so the same thing holds true then if you have a customer um, and you're trying to bring them back to, to your website. Um, same strategies. Think, think web, think social, email, um, video, native ads, dynamic, and so on. The journey that you were on in the first two stages you know, is not finished, continue. And when you look at the messaging, and I say for a lot of small teams, this is where they would actually fall down. You have to tailor your message to where the customer is or the potential customer. So at the beginning, when you're trying to bring people to your site, think about what your brand stands for. What are your aspirations? Why are you unique? What are your popular products? Communicate that in your creative. Communicate that in your ads. Once you've brought people to your website, then it's all about think about where the customer is. And they're probably in the research phase. So they're probably looking at Amazon, whether they can get a better deal. Certainly something that I would do. Um, they're probably looking at different other brands out there that might offer a similar product. So they're researching. And here, you need to create urgency with them. Why should they, start, why should they buy something from you? So things like free shipping, a discount code, free returns, whatever it might be. That can be really powerful as a message in this stage. And then finally, if somebody has bought something, stay in touch with them. So here, your message should be around brand updates, what's new, are there upcoming sales, upcoming product launches. Um, so think about what your customers should know about and make sure that that message is reflected in your display campaigns. Is everybody here on Instagram? Yes. And is everybody a heavy user of Instagram and at night scrolling through feed? Yeah. So Instagram, if you're not yet as a brand on Instagram today, get out there. Um, fun fact, 75% of users reportedly um, purchased something after seeing an ad on Instagram. It is where your audience is today, and it is so easy to get uh, certain on Instagram. And there are great tips out there how with even a small budget, you can actually get great returns. And the great thing about Instagram is they would provide quite good reporting or targeting um, capabilities. The next one, and I'll leave you with this, is video. Another big, big trend that we're seeing in display. Who here is already using video in their mix? few hands. Great, you're at the forefront of the industry. Well done. Uh, but again, fun fact, 50% of shoppers say that online video has actually helped them um, decide on whether they should buy a brand. Um, and you're really lucky because if you look at this by regional split, people in the UK are actually five times more likely to see a video and then to take action afterwards. So for some reason, British consumers, you know, they're really the ones that will engage with video content. So if your prime market is UK only, get out there and bring video into your marketing mix and um, fuel more growth, more sales through that. That would be the conclusion or the end of my talk. Um, are there any questions? Hi, where's, uh, what's your name? Where do you come from? Before you ask your question. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask about the, you were talking about attribution there. Um, I think, ad oh, <laughs> um, Sam, um, me and Guy are from an agency in Manchester called Return. Um, so a lot of our clients are very e-commerce based and we're trying to move towards more of a position based attribution modeling because, you know, like, 
Um, Google Analytics sort of focuses on a, like a last click basis, which as you demonstrated there isn't really viable today. Um, but it's more how you assign the, the percentages of, of the value that those, those, um, those touch points are. Because, I mean, you know, Facebook, uh, they quite like to embellish their, their value in the, in the customer journey. And that maybe a, a prospecting ad, like a new audience ad, will have more of an effect than it, than it actually would in a position. So I just wondered how you, how you calculate that, of like yeah. what, what value um, each each channel has? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it is, it's what everybody struggles mm. with. Well, great, we all know that we need to evolve our, act, our efforts around attribution, but what does that actually mean? What, what do I do? I think it depends on, on every business. It depends on every customer journey. The one thing um, where Adra, for instance, helps our customers is that as you change and apply different models, you see exactly the effect that it would have on every single channel. So you can start then to think about Right, if I do that, what does it mean in terms of my sales? You can start to match that and make smarter decisions. And I think a lot comes down to just testing it. Um, and that is the sad truth. If you don't have budgets to run you know, at 50K with a vendor that is specialized in this. And I think it's just constant iteration and being quite courageous just to, to change it and say, right, from now on, I'm going to put more credit to, to views or to this channel and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to invest a little bit more there and see, does it actually work then? Yeah, yeah. All right, thank you. Question by Ricky Lear, Digital 22. Cheers, Amy. Um, so one of the questions we get asked a lot is where is the best value for money at the moment? So of all the social channels, which one's giving you your best bang for your buck on visibility? Um, what do you think? So what was the last part of the question? Sorry, so of all of the social channels you can advertise on, which ones are giving the best value for money at the moment? So what do you get the most visibility on for your money? Yeah, I would actually still stick with uh, Instagram, to be honest. I think it's where most, I think it has gained traction over the last year, maybe two years, but definitely last year. And I think we're just scratching the surface and it's not yet saturated. But I think, you know, it's dangerous if you look ahead to next year in two years, how will that channel have changed? I think Facebook today, there's so much competition out there. Every brand is there, so you're really standing out. And I think, the, I think the sad truth with, with display is that it's a great way to get started, but it will not work in the long run just by itself. And you have to think beyond that. You have to, for instance, think about things like inbound marketing and um, you know, how do you continuously add value at every touch point. Any more? Any more questions? Anyone be brave enough to ask one more question? No? Oh, here we go. Do you want to introduce yourself, say where you're from, what company you work from? Um, Grace from Profit and we're an IT consultancy. Um, what role do you see the uh, channels like Facebook and Instagram having in B2B, in that sort of business IT consulting environment? Yeah. It's a really good, really good question. Um, it depends again, which I know is the standard answer that most people give for, for any question, but I think it depends. I think you can get some value off of Facebook and Instagram because you know at the end of the day, you're, you're marketing to a person who is a decision maker um, in a company, but there are limitations, yes. And obviously as a retail e-commerce um, brand, there, there's much more that you can do. I think for B2B, um, you know, LinkedIn obviously is gonna work a lot better, but I think you cannot discredit the fact that 
at the end you're marketing to people and they will also be on these channels and um, they you know through smart technology you can actually figure out who is a buyer in a company and who are they on Facebook or on Instagram.